0: You're listening to Stone Cold Episode 1, Which Witch is a Lich, Part 1.
1: Hello, Marie. Uh, Looking chipper as usual.
2: It's 6 p.m., Victor. If you keep coming in late every day with a coffee, the boss is going to get suspicious.
0: The young man shrugged nonchalantly at the desk clerk and took a sip of his latte. He absently tried to smooth the wrinkles that seemed to be permanently carved in his scrubs as he continued past Marie and into the back room. The back room was cold and dimly lit, completely covered in gray, lifeless tile. In the middle of the room, on a raised silver table, lay an equally gray and lifeless corpse.
1: Well, oh boy, you're not going anywhere anytime soon. Mind if I check my phone? I woke up late tonight. Night shift's killer.
0: <laughs> the corpse lay there, lifeless and unresponsive. Victor stared resentfully at the corpse, thinking about the hours wasted for the unappreciative dead. He walked around the corpse, glancing at the toe-tag.
1: Well, Dave... Exsanguination, eh? Oh, that sucks! (laughs) All right. Well, it's not like you'll make a mess.
0: Victor leaned over the corpse, his lips almost touching the dead man's lips. He closed his eyes and mouthed a few words. His hands trembled and grasped the gurney for support. The corpse opened his eyes. Dave. The man frowned, confused, and sat up quickly, nearly hitting Victor's head. Dave's cold blue hand cradled his head.
1: Oh, oh, man. What the hell happened to me, dude? I wouldn't know that. I'm just here to put you in the icebox. I'm dead? Really? Yep. Are you going to lead me to heaven? No, no, I'm a- Hell? No. Now be quiet and I'll explain. My name is Victor. I'm a necromancer. And I work here in the morgue. And I don't want to do my job today, so you're going to come over here and play a nice game of cards.
2: Oh my god, what the hell is that?
0: Victor slid his upper body across the table and touched the corpse on his arm. The corpse fell over, dead. He stood up and stared dumbfounded at the woman who stood at the door. The woman was strikingly beautiful. She looked as if she had been sewn into the standard-issued security guard uniform, which somehow looked more like a sexy Halloween costume than any workplace attire. She grasped a cigarette in her long, gloved fingers, and her eyes were hidden by large sunglasses. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. The woman leaned against the doorframe.
2: Do they know you're a necromancer? Well?
0: Victor blinked, shaking his head. He stared accusingly at the woman who stood before him.
1: Do they know you're a vampire, or do I need to call our supervisor?
0: The woman smirked and dropped the cigarette, snuffing it out with the heel of her boot.
2: I guess your kind would figure that out faster than most. Well, Victor, I assume you won't rat me out if I don't rat you out.
0: Victor took the woman's outstretched hand and shook it, glancing at her name tag.
1: I guess we'll be spending a lot of time with each other, Flynn. This job
2: is incredibly boring. Deal me in. Where'd he go? Where'd who go?
1: Dave, the corpse.
0: Flynn turned around to survey the empty room.
2: Didn't you put him back in the freezer? No,
1: I've been playing cards with you all night.
0: Flynn narrowed her eyes and looked sternly at her companion.
2: Are you fucking with me?
0: No,
1: I swear. The soul leaves after a few hours. He shouldn't have gotten up after I put him down.
2: I swear to all the gods that if you're fucking with me, I will make them shudder. I don't
1: ever... Let the corpses leave the morgue. I'm not good enough to keep them up from any long distance.
2: Then what are we going to do? Isn't that your job, Miss Security Guard? Fuck, this is my first day. This wasn't in the job description. I'm only supposed to stop people getting in. We have to
1: report this.
2: And lose my job? I can't get fired on my first day here. Do you know how hard it is for vampires to get a night shift job that not suck? I can't
1: even sense, Dave. He could be anywhere in the city by now.
0: Flynn stood up and strapped her nightstick to her belt.
2: Well, someone has to have seen a guy in a hospital gown walk by. We're gonna go find him. But... No, we're going to go find him. You're in this too, buddy.
0: (sighs) Ah.
1: Flynn, can we go back? We've been walking around this godforsaken city for hours now.
2: And do what, Victor? Just waltz into our supervisor's office and say we lost a corpse? How do you just lose a corpse? It shouldn't even be walking around. Look, I can just lose
1: all of the paperwork in the shredder and you can erase the security footage. It'll be like it never happened.
2: <sighs> Fine, but... Since we're already out here, can we stop by the bar? I really need a drink.
1: Sure. I could use one myself.
0: They walked in silence for a few minutes, both absorbed in their own thoughts. The Dragon was the bar closest to them, and incidentally, the one closest to the hospital as well. Victor hadn't been there much since his family avoided the bar scene, preferring the high society functions that were prevalent in the city. As they walked inside, the stale smell of cigarettes hit them like a slap in the face. The din of merrymaking made Victor saddle closer to Flynn so he could hear her as she pointed at the bartender.
2: Over there! George knows everything, and everyone. We can ask him if he's heard anything about the corpse after we've had a drink. Uh,
0: Fine! Flynn wove between patrons. Her very presence seemed to part the swarm before them, and two seats seemed to miraculously appear at the bar. She winked at Victor.
2: Sometimes it's good to have a vampire drinking buddy. George, how are you? You're busy tonight.
0: The hardened, weather-worn man looked over his shoulder at the mirror that covered the back wall of the building. Hey, miss. I haven't seen you in a long time. Where have you been?
2: Job searching. I finally found one.
1: Oh? Well, congratulations. First drinks on the house for you and your, um...
2: Friend. Victor, he's a new co-worker. I'll get my usual. I'll have a Manhattan.
0: The bartender quickly produced two drinks that, while normal size, looked far too small in his large hands. Flynn's drink was a red cocktail, and Victor assumed it contained some trace of amounts of blood.
2: Really, a cherry in your drink? What are you, some kind of pansy?
0: Victor merely smiled and raised his glass to her before taking a quick drink. A few drinks into their night, the bartender appeared before them again, The smile had disappeared, replaced by a grim glare. Excuse me, miss. The giant man grabbed Flynn's head and pushed it down to the bar, quickly grabbing something from underneath the lip of the bar and flipping it up to point a rather large gun directly behind where Flynn's head had just been. Victor jumped and skidded to the side of the room with all the other patrons. Flynn raised her head, cautiously staring at George.
2: Anyone else would probably be very angry that you just ruined their hearing. (laughs) Luckily, mine comes back easily.
1: I think you have something much
0: more pressing than your hearing, miss. I think someone is out to get you. Flynn turned around to look behind her.
2: Dave, well, that's convenient.
0: She gestured for Victor to come over quickly as the other patrons started to approach the scene.
2: Hurry! let's get him out of here before anyone calls the cops. Can you doctor his paperwork to make his cause of death a shot to the head? Uh, Yeah, I can do that.
0: George hastened to distract the patrons, confiscating phones and apologizing for the inconvenience as Victor and Flynn carried the now unmoving corpse back to the hospital.
1: Well,
2: Flynn, how was your first night on the job?
0: Flynn glared at him as they walked towards their cars at the far end of the parking lot.
2: You're sure this doesn't happen often?
1: Never happened before. It should just be
2: an isolated incident. And you're sure you didn't find any identifying magical stuff?
1: Not a thing.
0: Flynn looked up at the sky, which was starting to turn a lighter shade of blue.
2: Damn it, I gotta go home. If it weren't for those security tapes, I'd already be in bed by now.
0: Victor pushed Flynn towards her car, waving at her as he walked to his own.
1: You better hurry and get home. I'm going to need someone to play Monopoly with me tomorrow.
0: Victor watched Flynn drive out of the parking lot and picked up his phone, his face wrinkling in worry. How was he supposed to tell his new co-worker that the magical mark on the corpse had been his family crest? You've been listening to Stone Cold, written by Jordan Belack and Joseph DiGiulia. Intro music from Morker Yenom Tom Rum by Library Tape. Listen to more of their works at librarytapes.bandcamp.com. Other music from the album Foreign Territory by Tyler Krug. Listen to more of his work at tylerkrug.bandcamp.com. All sounds either produced at Columbia State University or found at freesound.org. This episode featured Michelle Pogopak as Flynn Taylor, Slover Morrison as Victor Beaumont, Alden Burroughs as the narrator, and Desi Evans as George.